welcome to LHP, uh, a podcast where we wear uh, special glasses so that we can watch nuclear explosions. Uh, Eric, do you have yours ready? Are you? I'm the guy who doesn't wear them and just like becomes <laughs> blind randomly. <laughs> that guy, funny story. Uh, he would sneak out of the base all the time. Um, he would go through a missing section of fence. <laughs> Um and check in after already being checked in, and he would do this multiple times until somebody told him, "Hey, stop that! <laughs> stop doing that! <laughs> You're confusing the guards who are just here and they don't know what they're working on. <laughs> no idea what any of this is." <laughs> that was very funny. Um. Um. Yeah, I finally watched Oppenheimer. That's the thing that happened. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Months later, on the last week of IMAX screenings, I managed Perfect. to to just do it finally, and uh, honestly, it was amazing. Really, I really, really liked it. Uh, I felt yeah. like I think before it came out, before the reviews, I was pretty apprehensive about it. I don't know how. Mm. I, I don't know about you. I mean, the idea of it wasn't particularly interesting to me as far as Nolan movies go. Mm. I'm so the history nerd part of me was very into it. Um, and I knew Nolan would make something compelling or interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly wasn't expecting to be, um, as satisfied by it as I, I found myself. Um, I have some, small like small things but they're very particular to me <laughs> and uh, so yeah um, um i guess the 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 most i guess i mean the number one thing about that movie this movie is like how good everyone is in it yeah. i feel like you got a very very deep cast including <laughs> I mean, I'm just on the Wikipedia, and there's like the cast section has <laughs> has like a hundred people or something in there. Yeah, it's pretty um, yeah. Uh, and I mean, everyone's some people when they show up, it kind of takes you out a little bit. Uh, when <laughs> uh, when you have the big reveal that uh, Cassie Affleck is in this movie. <laughs> it's a little bit shocking mm. just to see him there. Uh, Rami Malek is also just playing a guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. What's your favorite? What's your favorite random performance in this movie? Oh, I mean, it might be Garyman playing <laughs> his second World War II world leader. He just needs to play yes. Stalin now. He just. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't happened do a Photoshop. yet. <laughs> Although I guess the I guess the, the the famous photo wasn't of Truman. I don't or no, maybe it was of Truman. I'm, am I forgetting my <laughs> the American forgetting the American history? Um, although I guess it is a world history photo. Um, no, but yeah, that that should happen. Somebody should make that happen. Um, uh, but yeah, like um, that was that was Casey Affleck was it was shocking. I I I, I of course knew he was technically a Nolan guy. <laughs> um, technically, again, 
<laughs> yes, technically. I mean, it's like, I guess you're one of his guys if you've been in Interstellar as a character that most people didn't care for. <laughs> not not a lot of fans of uh, the other kid uh, of uh, Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. Um, not that I'm aware of. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, I, I wasn't... But when they said his name, so important context, right before Oppenheimer came out, I listened to the last podcast on the left series about the Manhattan Project. So I knew who everybody was. (laughs) (laughs) I knew (laughs) details about all of these people. And when they said his name, I was like, oh, no, that's a perfect that's a perfect fit for him, because that person in real life was also a kind of despicable, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of horrible um just a real just a maniac uh uh talking about a man who um he went to russia during the uh during the revolution the 1919 revolution um and fought on the side of the white army um <laughs> uh and from then on he made it his mission to destroy the ussr um fascinating story uh dig into that on your own time if you'd like to um so yeah casey but it was it was distracting for a moment that they that they brought that actor out of self-imposed exile it seems um that was that was that was one um Everybody was like, "Oh wow, I know you from a, this TV show." I did really like um, uh, Oppenheimer's uh, buddy, uh, who uh, is very handsome. The actor by the name of Josh Hartnett, uh, as uh, as a based scientist, <laughs> I <would> call him <laughs> based scientist, who's like, I don't know about this communism stuff, but. <laughs> um as Ernest Lawrence um even though i had seen him in the trailers it's still it is still kind of a, a little bit wild that they cast him as scientist considering all the like real nerds <laughs> that they cast as some of these scientists um but yeah that was that was interesting to me um i did like uh the guy they got to play Ch- uh chevalier uh jefferson hall um, he's like a TV character actor that I know from a bunch of shows. Um, uh, so yeah, that was, he was very charming as, a as, as one of the people that, uh, uh, contributed to, uh, Oppenheimer's not so public trial. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of rambling. Um, no, no, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's like hard to think about all the people in the movie. I mean, the I, I think the most surprisingly great performance for me is uh, Alden uh, Ehrenreich, right? Yep. Uh, he's really, really good uh, in the few scenes he's in. Um, uh, and um, Benny Savdi is excellent. Um, yes. After seeing him, uh, seeing him be really bad in Obi Wan, it was nice to see that he be, be reminded that he can actually act. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many like <laughs> Josh Peck from uh, Drake and Josh <laughs> is wow. just, is in like the see, uh, the the movie's most intense scene um mm-hmm. i feel like 
uh, I mean, that scene when he has the hand over the button is so, uh, so even if you know what's going to happen, it's incredibly tense, incredibly well done. I mean, a lot of, I feel like a lot of uh, this movie works in part because of uh, the Ludwig Göransson uh, score, which is like yeah. immediately incredible, like immediately noticeable that it's not Hans Zimmer. Like from early, early in the movie, and immediately great. Like the whole, the whole time, I was just uh, blown away by how good the music was. Um, and it's probably my favorite score, other than maybe Interstellar in uh, in the Nolan movie. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, Interstellar has like I don't know the has had the time to establish itself, I guess. But yeah, this, this was while watching it really noticeably great. Um, yeah. I mean, if we're just going by Ludwig and Nolan, it's my favorite of their two, <laughs> of their collaborations. Yeah. You like it more much, than much, Tenet soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say a 10 out of 10 <laughs> compared to that. Um, <laughs> God damn it. That movie. Um, <laughs> um yes um it's a i mean it just sells the vibe and it the movie feels and this i've heard this description many times it feels like it's a very long music video in places um and i think that that works to its benefit because it keeps the movie from feeling like a very slow very um uh, <sighs> very suffocated period piece. Um, it doesn't feel like that, be I think, because of the score and because of the editing and the way in which it uses montage. And it just feels like it never stops moving. Um, and that sense of momentum, I think, is perfect for what the movie leads up to being the, the bomb. I mean, I mean the, the, um, the three timeline thing, I think, really works in its favor, especially yeah. when towards the end, they're all meeting and... Um, when you would normally start really feeling a three-hour movie being long is when it's like all the storytelling uh, is the most intersected and works the best. Um, so for me, uh, it it really doesn't feel like it's runtime. It it flew by. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it's not. I I, uh, I mean, it's not the perfect movie. The dialogue at some parts is not great mm -hmm. in a very Nolan way when you're especially when you're like adapting real events the like mm -hmm. kind of Nolan like fake human stalking thing uh, <laughs> it doesn't really work <laughs> it works really well though for Cillian and the way that he's playing um, Oppenheimer though I think yeah. it, it and because it works there I can kind of like give it some passes in other places <laughs> where it's like, this does not fit, but the way in which he's playing Oppenheimer, which is very much like he's, he's just like a guy who's not there when you're talking to him. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the best I can, best way I can put it. Um, I mean, the I early parts of the movies, like the, the first 10 minutes where you're watching something that's more ideas than, anything like it's kind of almost like a Terrence Malick movie. And then, then you, you get brought down to reality. Um, 
I guess yeah that that part makes that character I mean I mean the killing performance I don't know if it is it Cillian or Killian I feel like I've heard Killian I, I've, I've I think I've heard both as well I I just go with Cillian but uh, <laughs> anyway yeah. his performance is 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 uh, really really great uh the the worst scene of the movie is the sex scene though I think we can both agree the the sex scene is bad it's so bad the reprise during the trial though i've described as like a horror moment you know for me for me that part actually worked i kind of liked it uh the way it's reused but the 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 um, when she has the book and he's reading the line Mm -hmm. it's awful like Awful, awful scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it doesn't. Yeah, and it's it's of course you know the meta narrative of Nolan loves the the, the dead woman trope. <laughs> it's yes. like his favorite thing. <laughs> he brought it back for this one, um, <laughs> and I it was so like obvious that I forgot until it was pointed out to me later. I was like, God damn it, <laughs> he did it again. He can't keep getting away. with um but he can he can he very much can um <laughs> um i mean i guess th- that is i think that is maybe my biggest like i didn't like that is i don't think florence Pugh is that interesting in the movie um she doesn't have a lot of stuff to do <laughs> so like who cares but it's it's not my favorite performance of hers um and yeah her plot line is just it sucks <laughs> it really sucks even if it is history and real life it still yeah sucks. i mean she's so. barely a character yeah um yeah it, it almost feels like they had to put it in there like well we can't not mention this but did they did they? <laughs> like it's you could leave her out and still keep emily blunt knowing about it and i think the movie works just as well because that's the part of that whole storyline that I think works is like her performance and the way um, she reacts her and just just everything about her and the, the way that her character is portrayed. Um, I think that you could sell it just on her and her reacting to it. I don't think you need to cast Florence Pugh. You could cast, you know, um, wh- whoever this decade's version of um <clears throat> Uh, 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 the uh, uh, Craig's Bond girl in the last two movies. Um, you know, whatever the 2023 version of her is, I, I'll, that name will come to me much later on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like just some unknown actress, you know what I mean? Like somebody who like is, is, is in a bunch of movies now and not cast Florence Pugh, who's going to do a bunch of marketing <laughs> And then they're going to release a headline about how, uh, you know, the movie is R-rated because of their hot sex scene, <laughs> which is how the sex scene was being sold. Um, yeah. Hopefully the first Nolan sex scene is the last Nolan sex scene. No, I, I, I'll I, just say I don't need them to direct more sex scene. No, no, no. Because unless it's so cold and mechanical, and unless he's making a movie about that, but again, I don't want to see that movie. That's that's a movie for Cronenberg to make. Yes. <laughs> that's his movie. Let him do that. 
he spent a lot of time doing that. Um, so yeah, like I don't, I don't need that from Nolan. Um, give me more sequences and big sweeping vistas. That was the thing that I really found myself enjoying quite a bit is the way in which he used the environment. Um, the whole thing of him and was it his brother? Uh, you watched this more recently than me, so you, I need you to correct me. <laughs> but uh, like when they're just like riding horses across, uh, you know, across the, the desert and it's just gorgeous. And the way in which the shots match each other later on, it's just, yeah, that that stuff really blew me away. And the way in which he intercut that with all the other stuff in the movie. Um, yeah, just very, some of it very basic filmmaking, but I think the, the energy behind it um, really made it um, extremely compelling and yeah. Um, I do want to talk about one sequence that I think was really well done, but I think it, it's it's maybe my other problem with the movie. I want to know how you felt about it. I wish it had gone on longer, which is him giving the speech. Oh yeah, that, that's, him, like, that's sort of the best sequences in the movie. Yeah, it is. I just I and I like him like his reality starting to like melt around him. And like him, like he like steps on like a burnt body, and and this is one of the first thoughts I had coming out of the movie was like, just keep going with this though, just keep on going. You don't need to do the full like he keeps on walking and he walks into the city after the explosion, but like give me a little bit more of this surrealist stuff, like go a little bit deeper on this, and I think it would have actually been better, and I could have lost some of the other plot lines in the movie and just gone down the rabbit hole of this of the surrealist nightmare stuff um because it's just way more compelling to me um and i think it works better than ending the movie on like nukes dropping (laughs) personally but that might just be my taste i don't know how you felt about it i I mean i think i think the thing with this movie is that it's really trying to have its judgment on the more character of Oppenheimer as like a man who uh, never had actual morals to live by and at the same time is trying not to be a downer. And it's kind of like vacillates between this line. And I think it's why it's why it's so it's been so successful is that it's yeah kind of a crowd pleaser in the end um it's it's very watchable in that way and if you go further down the path of like oppenheimer's own damnation it's Mm -hmm. it's it makes for a better movie i mean the movie can't for me the movie can't be truly great because it's like still holding itself back and i think part of it is how much um nolan himself indicted uh, identified himself with oppenheimer and is yeah. like is is making a movie about making a bomb but actually the bomb is making a movie right it's like uh, yeah. it, it, a lot of that is in there and uh and yeah. the um, and that's I mean, definitely the meta text of all of his movies. Is yeah, I'm I'm making a movie about making a movie. Yeah, that's yes. That's, I think that's his favorite thing to go back to every time. Um, 
and it, it, like it's so much about like again like all the movie is about how he Oppenheimer himself can't live by like imposes himself any uh, ethics in his work and then yeah. just um those are constantly shifting and never and never in a way that feels moral or true to his own values because he basically can't have values like th that's that's the, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of what this movie is centered around um and yeah. even when he feels his guiltiest it's like you don't you don't get to live in it with him because of the structure of the movie where you're by you're, you, you, you give him another opponent in his life, which is <laughs> to Robert Downey Jr. Um, like uh, centering the movie around, uh, uh, around that, uh, opposition yeah. is, um, I don't know. It's, it's, does give it like their uh, uh, redeeming nature, right? That uh, that is uh, um, undeniable. Yeah, they yeah they give him they they give him a real like conniving political, <laughs> just like just just monstrous politician who in no way resembles anybody who's currently in politics now. Um, uh, no way is he relevant. Um. Yeah, like it's they give you this Robert Downey Jr. character who I think I so this is where I'll, I'll say like I think his plot line, which I, I I found myself kind of like, OK, what's the point of this? And then I think when we get to the end of it, I was like, oh, this is I actually think this is kind of brilliant because they're doing the classic thing of playing on your association with an actor. And I think it's so perfect to have him in this role as this this politician who, when you first meet him, you almost get the sense of like, okay, well, this is like another perspective to look at Oppenheimer through. But it, he's like, he's like, a, you know, for the purposes of the movie, he's maybe not that such a bad guy. He seems like he maybe has Oppenheimer's best interest at heart at first. Um, and then as that unravels and the machinations of the, politics of it all you know come apart um and the tension of that it just i love i loved it i love the reveal of like it was you who leaked the information you mentioned alden before i think alden had a really hard job to do which is to um play against robert downey jr who i think is like just <laughs> just excellent. I think he's just yeah, yeah. He's at his he's, best in this movie. He's really giving a performance that I couldn't. I, I don't think he could still give. Right. He yeah. hasn't been in a movie like this in yeah decades, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost, almost, a, almost a decade and a half. I think. Like, like, like the last movie of his that I saw like this is maybe Zodiac um, or. Um, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's a it's a movie Clooney directed. It's probably his best one. Um, good night and good luck, which is another movie where he plays a very similar role to this, a very complex character who's shifting and constantly moving behind the scenes and having his own little 
plot line going on um, in a very, very similar way. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot of like, it's, it's magicianry a lot with in his, in what he's doing in the role. Um, and he just, he plays the audience perfectly. Um, and then the reveal uh, and the way that Alden delivers the like, Oh, I know it was you type stuff. And just, it's all like, it's like looks. It's not even, even the, like you were saying the Nolan dialogue is not great, but I think what he likes to do is let the actors fill in yeah. <laughs> where his dialogue doesn't work and their performances fill that in and add this character to it. That makes it compelling. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. And the way that their scenes build and yeah on top of each other. Um, and I think the choice of going back and forth between color and black and white really helped a lot. I think it was a really smart choice. Very obvious, but a very smart choice. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the confusing part is that the black and white is happening after the rest of the movie. That, which that is, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which when you start the movie is like, yeah, why, why is it? <laughs> why is the black and white after? Um but uh, I mean, it's it's uh, you gotta you kind of understand what's happening pretty fast. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, pretty good movie. I mean, it's incredible how successful it's been. It's it great yeah. to see a movie like this be so successful. Um, it's, it's great that it's successful. It's great that it and Barbie came out at the same time and were both yeah. successful. Um, I still yeah. haven't seen Barbie. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> Which is actually—I don't know if it's similar in Canada. In the states, it came back to IMAX, or it, or it yeah, I think it, it, it. Yeah, I think or, it did uh, in the theater here. But honestly, could not convince myself to go watch Barbie by myself. Uh, that should just 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 could not do it. Uh, I'll just watch it eventually. Uh, when it's available to rent for a normal price. Hmm. Um, I understand. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> I did feel weird myself being in a theater, which, uh, happy for them, full of women, just, <laughs> just, just, just me in the very front in my own seat in a corner, and then just the entire theater full. They were having a blast. Very happy for them fantastic movie so yeah um but everybody having a great time uh, that's that's the thing i really enjoyed about both of these theater experiences was my oppenheimer theater was full just completely full watched it with my parents who didn't seem to hate it <laughs> <laughs> they, they were not they were not displeased so that was good um yeah i so, mean yeah. the reason why i didn't watch it for so long was that i was really Watch it with my dad, then we couldn't make a day to work. And then I just went to the side with a friend that hadn't seen it, right. luckily. Um, so, yeah, but we both got out and we were like super giddy about it. Like, you know, when you mm. watch a great movie with someone and you can't stop talking about every single scene? Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's really the feeling we had watching that. All right. Well, we we spent a lot of time. Actually, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's a big movie. There's all to no, talk about. No, I understand. I'm just saying. We. I was. I was like, wow. Okay. Um, 
Um, we, yeah, yeah, want want to yeah. talk about other things we've been watching? I feel like maybe we'll talk of. I mean, the chances are we might talk about this movie again uh, later this. Yes, I maybe think early so. next I think year. Um, yeah. Depends how many other good movies come out during the rest of the year. Um, yeah, but no, I, I think uh, the, the the strikes went on long enough that I still think that it's like it's going to be Bar- Barbie and Oppenheimer in a lot of the top slots. Um, more on that when that happens. I mean, there's a Scorsese uh, movie coming out in a few yeah. weeks. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, um, anyway, you want, want to talk about something else you watched recently? I mean, since there's a, a at least one actor in common, uh, I watched the newest of, of Kenneth Branagh's Perot films, uh, uh, a haunting in Venice. Um, uh, guess what? I really liked it. I was, I was, I was all at. <laughs> Great. What did you think about uh, the other two? So, I think we might have talked about them in the past, but just you know, very briefly, I thought Murder on the Orient Express was very well directed. It's very big. It's very lavish. It's very, you know, um, overblown. Uh, lots of CG and environments and very, like, uh, very synthetic, um, but I quite enjoyed it. I did not have as good of a time with uh, Death on the Nile. Um, didn't help that half the cast of that movie is just full of awful, terrible human beings. <laughs> just some of the worst people on the planet Earth. Um, when you go down the list. Um so yeah, that 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 sort of took me out of the experience, and then I just didn't think it handled the mystery um, or the story, the original story, quite as well as Orient Express did. Um, and again, it felt very synthetic and very big and glossy. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Um, but I don't think it worked as well. I don't think it balanced all those things as well, and it felt just it just didn't feel real. Um, and I don't know. It's it's a movie about the Nile and Egypt and like <laughs> No, I mean it's it's a it's a really bad movie. <laughs> yes. And it's like I, I I just so many things about it. It's like just go to, also just just go to Egypt. It's not it's not that hard to go to Egypt. Relative to other countries in that area of the world, relatively easy to go there. Um so just just do it. <laughs> I don't I don't know why this is hard. Um so all that said, Haunting in Venice is very weird. It's very stripped back. It's very like basic. It's like that's just do a a very classical chamber piece mystery. I know certain people might call it a horror movie. I wouldn't really say it's a horror movie, but I know my tastes are very different. Um but it, it's like it's just like a very back to the originals Agatha Christie mystery movie, but it's 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 doing some weird stuff. There's a lot of interesting shot choices, and, but they make sense. Branna sometimes likes to go a little bit weird. He likes to be a little bit extreme. He loves a Dutch angle in the middle of Thor, which doesn't really work for Thor. <laughs> shot in new mexico yeah no no (laughs) Uh, um but in this movie where it's it's these big wide angle lenses and it's just this very 
I don't know if it was a set or if it was a real house in Venice, um, but it felt like a real house. It, there was so much detail in the walls, in the in the environments, in the set in the set deck, and it just felt like a real place that you could reach your hand out and grab. Um, and he just made a very compelling mystery. None of the cast members, unless I haven't checked, none of them are <laughs> monsters in real life, <laughs> to my knowledge. Um, and it just it just worked far better for me than the, the last one did. Um, and then I think Brana's performance of Poirot is very good. And I think the thing that the sort of like running thread throughout all these three movies, um, and the way in which he played on that was it's excellent the things that he like set up in the first two really played well here and then his his handling of theme in like a very middle of the road made movie made for adults just worked for me um i was i was very very happy happy with that film um so yeah yeah that's that's sort of the general thoughts from me on a haunting yeah. in Venice. Yeah, I really want to go go see it. Uh, hopefully in the theater um, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it looks, it, it, yeah. I mean, I did not expect this to be a movie I would want to see, um, considering how yeah. bad the last one was. I mean, I like the first one. Uh, yeah. Even if it has like Johnny Depp giving an most awful five minute performance <laughs> that I've mm -hmm. like I remember in the last few years. Um but yeah I mean also it's pretty short surprisingly um which also makes me yeah. want to watch it even more. <laughs> T yeah tight movie not it doesn't doesn't waste any time at all. Um but it, it still felt substantial. Um which I really enjoyed. And I really like the way that they, again, you know, the casting, the way that they use the casting, you know, Michelle Yeoh, of course, um, yeah, the thing that they do where they cast like one of the biggest names is the, one of the, one of the people. Yeah. <laughs> Am I spoiling an Agatha Christie story with the person that's going to die? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> You had so much time to read a Halloween story, which might be one of the lesser Agatha Christie's, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, also, Tina Fey is in the movie as, I mean, she's playing Agatha Christie, basically. Um, but she's delightful as like a a sidekick slash, you know, foil to uh, Perot that I, I yeah, ha having that. Uh, in the movie worked um, a good replacement for um, uh, Tom. I can't remember his name, but the sort of foil in the first two movies um, were excellent in that role, uh, serving similar purpose. Um, but it, having this, having like a real serious dramatic performance in that just really worked. So, yeah, um, I don't need to go on for too much longer. What what's something recently that you, else recently that you watched that you uh, that uh, um, interested you? Yeah, I I watched uh, two um, uh, '90s movies, uh, two 1995 uh, movie that movies that were recently got remastered or released in new ed uh, editions. Uh, I watched um, the Johnny Mnemonic in black and white. 
Um, <laughs> and I watched uh, Party Girl, uh, the new um, remastered version of that. And I really, really liked both, I gotta say. <laughs> I've never seen Johnny Mnemonic. It's a Keanu Reeves movie where he's as his, at his most dude phase, I guess. <laughs> like, really, like, uh, point break Keanu. Um, yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's a sci-fi movie about the internet that feels, I mean, it's a, I guess, mm, like it's a um, this top this topic future uh, anti corporation controlling everything um, using human minds as computer storage. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's really a fun movie by itself. I think it's it has I don't know. It feels like it has had a reputation as a bad sci fi movie. And I feel like this um, this uh, new black and white version, I've seen a lot more people talking positively about it. Um, I haven't I haven't seen it in color, but in black and white, it looks really, really good. Like it really looks like it's shot like a noir, a lot of like close um, close face um, uh, use of camera where. Mm-hmm. which works I feel like much better in black and white when you're shooting in that style um, I guess the story of how it happened is pretty good too it's like uh, um, the, the, I think the director just someone like found an original print and like the director acquired it and just like did it himself and then asked the studio I think it's Sony if he could just release it and they said you mean you're gonna release a new version and we can make or you can do it um, <laughs> which is which is a good uh, I mean I'm glad it happened it's it's uh, it's playing on Criterion until the end of the month I think but I think the the black and white version is super worth uh, looking up Dolph Lundgren plays like this religious yes <laughs> religious like uh hunter guy that's chasing Keanu. Um super strong, like uh who replaced most of his body with robot parts. Uh it's it's <laughs> I mean all of it is is really fun. Like it's it's uh Yeah. It's a, it's a movie I'd uh, I definitely recommend. Um it it does like it's not a it, it's pretty like 90s uh in the same vein as i i guess um what's that movie you don't like uh, <laughs> with bruce willis <laughs> very specific bruce willis movie sci-fi like. french director um fifth element oh fifth element, fifth it's, element. it's like it, it fits in that vein i guess it i, I feel like yeah. it's better than fifth element um that's my yeah, hot take. I mean, uh, it's not hard, but um, yes. Um, no, I, <laughs> I mean, you're the Fifth I, Element hater. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sure. I would watch this again before Fifth Element. I'll tell okay. you that right now. Um, no, but... Uh, I say you should. I was, looking, I was looking for the moment that made me laugh when I was watching the movie. There's a moment where it just it's just a 
shot of Dolph Lundgren saying Jesus time. Um, and that's just stuck with me. It's just yeah, like a that's, thing that's... that comes up in my Facebook timeline occasionally. <laughs> Jesus time. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely um, pretty but, funny. Yeah. That's the thing that, so I, I think I watched this during the pandemic. Um, and I, it was, it's just one of those where I watched it and I think I half remember it because <laughs> it was a bad time. Very bad. bad <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I do remember, like, I remember the aesthetics of the movie primarily, and I remember finding that it has like a kind of a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor um, that I really enjoyed, um, and I did find the sets and all that. I mean, it's very 90s. It's like, it's aggressively 90s. There were a lot of movies like this being made um, in sort of in this style. Um, And that's, but I I, I don't really remember the movie all too well. And I also, I think I watched in a very short amount of time after that, the Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe movie, Virtuosity. Which I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't seen it. Yeah, very... The movies are kind of, I don't know if the things I'm thinking of when I remember Johnny Mnemonic are virtuosity or not. Like, I don't know which movie is which. (laughs) I would need to watch them again. But virtuosity is Russell Crowe is a computer-generated serial killer who's designed for, like, a program for, like, teaching young detectives through VR uh, about how to deal with a serial killer. and um uh, Denzel asked the computer to like take off like some of the safety options and like make the best fake serial killer of all time <laughs> like go all in uh, and then to make the best digital serial killer and the computer ends up giving him a body <laughs> and the ability to leave VR as a result um very goofy movie Russell Crowe just 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 go and ham so yeah if if you need more eric if you want more yeah <laughs> of something that feels similar um yeah look for that that's a that's a fun one um and also russell crowe and denzel they're it's a weird like thing where they keep on finding each other again and they keep circling doing more movies together and i and, I, and me i'm just like make 15 <laughs> movies together just keep doing it just roll back american gangster over and over again i'll be there i'm in but denzel Um, in the the pope's exorcist too yes (laughs) yes do it i mean there he could play another exorcist he could play he could play an exorcist from anywhere i think he's from texas originally have him play an exorcist in texas <laughs> call it the exorcist in texas that's that's i gave you a title it's there go for it um <laughs> um since we're since we're going back in time with our movies today um it, i i guess i can i don't know do you want to do you want to do um uh the movie that we were planning for halloween or do you yeah. want me to talk about i mean, okay, I mean let's, let's do a movie i, I just want to briefly mention the other I watched Party Girl, uh, yeah. which is really funny and really 
good. Like a classic 90s comedy, like more cult than class. It's it's more like a cult movie, but it should be a classic. It's really funny. It's really good about a girl who, who the only thing she can do is party and then uh, she gets assigned to uh, do community service in the library and discovers her love uh, for it and decides to become a, a librarian. Um, it's 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 pretty great. I I would highly recommend it. Also on Criterion, um, it had a like short theater run I think earlier this year. Um, uh, from the remaster version, highly recommend. But the movie the 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 movie we both watched as like kind of an intro through the sp- spooky season. Um, it's a French sixties uh, classic, Eyes Without a Face. Um, directed by by Georges Franju, um, about um, uh, I guess a surgeon, a doctor, a surgeon whose daughter lo- basically lost her face in an accident, um, got yeah. disfigured beyond recognition, uh, so he murders a- other young woman. Uh, to have uh to remove their faces and have them uh attached to his daughter's body in the hope that it will stick and she'll have her um it's uh, it's pretty great i mean i really liked it what did you think i i would say i found it interesting yeah <laughs> um i i didn't i i found the the aesthetics of it were kind of interesting. I thought the performances were fairly good for yeah sixties. Um, I I think the reason that we decided to not make it a whole episode about it is like I just didn't find it held up in terms of being shocking or that horrific. Um, I was just like eh, this has been aped many times in recent years. I think that for very different reasons like. I think the modern descendant of this is Human Centipede, <laughs> um, which is a movie that I don't think has anything bigger on its mind <laughs> or any like thoughts in its head. Um, and this movie is this movie is clearly trying to deal with some stuff. Um, I did find the the performance of um, the like henchwoman character does stand out to me as interesting. Um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name in French, uh, although I don't know if she's a French actress. Um, Alita Vallée, um She's an Italian actress. Um, I found <laughs> everything that she's doing um, extremely compelling. I, I actually thought she was more interesting than the Doctor character, to be honest. I felt that he... He felt just like a TV actor. <laughs> like I mean, I mean, he, he's yeah, he's very neutral, just like cold and obsessed, and like it, it it's it's um, it's interesting how like he, 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 the movie is kind of about him doing this out of love, but it's also out of like experimentation. He mm-hmm. when he's looking at his daughter's face um when when they when they actually 
stick a face on her and it kind of stays for a little bit. Uh, when he's looking at her, he's not seeing her. He's only seeing the surgery, right? Um, I, I kind of like that of him. He's um, an emotional character, but you're right. He's not the best performance. I think the, the part I like the best is how the daughter is portrayed and like how um, you see her, uh, her struggle with wearing her mask, her like lover that she can't see or can't talk to uh the scene of just her like walking around the house that's like some of the best parts of that movie and i i, I still feel like the reveal of the girl strapped to the bed seeing her face is pretty gnarly i think it i, I think it works and i think it works also because of the black and white which makes it mm-hmm. i i I feel like if it was like plasticky in color, right, it wouldn't yeah. hit as well. But like the black and white lets them do things with it that just um, the the makeup just works. Yeah, it, it, um, it's um, what's the word? I'm looking. It's 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 painterly. I think is the word. Yeah, would best describe it. Um, it 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 uh, yeah, it, um. Yeah, it, it, there's there is something evocative about that moment. I just think it um it very rarely gets to the <laughs> to the same level of um yeah. Although I again, there are small things like with the, some of the themes in the movie that I found interesting. I, I wasn't entirely sure what to make of all the dogs outside of just like the practical nature of having all the dogs, but like what the dogs say about the doctor was interesting but again. It's almost more about his like huntress that he has, um, who yeah again like her performance when it's like when she's like like looking for these women like there's there's this very interesting thing that I think that she captures in her face in the sense of just um, like almost like a like like a cat that sees a bird <laughs> you know um that i just found really unsettling um I mean, in her performance the 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 like i i do just love when you have an actor an actor and actress portraying someone acting right and she she's like mm-hmm. she's so good at doing the giving the appearance of like being nice and and like sweet and like um kind of seducing them um just by being not, not like literally seducing them just right. uh um making them drop their guard and being friendly with them and it's it's like at some points you feel like you're watching someone different like you're, you feels like you're watching a different actor <laughs> um yeah. uh which we which really works and then they, when they bring her and then when when she uh, encounters the doctor uh that's when the spell is broken right this <laughs> is like okay you're like oh no it's she's it's not just the nice lady oh, it's doctor um mm-hmm. yeah i i mean for me for me a lot of it i mean the the mask itself is really really good um yeah I, I, I yeah. think it it looks so um 
so memorable so um mm-hmm. uh, her look it, is very iconic i yeah, feel like yeah, yeah. it's yeah there's there's something very simple and bare bones about the design that i think really works and i think that she kind of she she almost invents the tom hardy school of acting <laughs> During the course of the movie, uh, you know, n- no use of your face and just your eyes and thing covering yeah. your mouth. Um, <laughs> um, and she's doing a lot of that. It's a lot of like moving your eyes and, and just using and it's again, it's a very it's a very basic stripped down thing that certain actors um, are really good at. And I for an actress who I don't think I've seen in anything else, maybe she showed up in uh one of the french movies that we've done in the past um but i don't remember um she does do a very good job um in that role um so yes uh oh i, I think i might have said the wrong actress earlier when i was talking about the henchwoman i think i meant juliette Minel, who is a french actress sorry um yeah um no no you, you were right no i i the Vali plays the henchwoman, and uh, Juliette Menel plays the woman that get, that she uh, kidnaps. Um, that okay, yeah. In the middle yeah. of the movie, okay. and I mean her when she's like up and realizes what's happening, and she mm-hmm. like escapes and runs away and chooses just to jump out the window rather to than to live yeah. without her face is that that's really. I mean, I I wonder if the dogs was like at first about getting rid of the body you know like Maybe. they would just feed it to the dogs uh and it was too <laughs> too gnarly so they had they had the her being buried at, uh, instead um and all. I think it, it, it really it, it really felt like a 30s horror movie um but it, but the the for me what really works is the space it gives itself it's pretty slow and a lot of it is just i mean for me some of the best scenes is uh the daughter just alone in the house um just kind of or going going to see the girl that's about to get her face taken off um those parts um the 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 space it gives them for me uh, kind of uh, puts it on an, to to level of, like some of the best like thirties horror mm-hmm. of this of similar style. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fantastic point. It doesn't feel. I think that was the other thing is it doesn't it doesn't feel to me like what I associate with sixties horror, even early sixties horror. Um, I, I think I just have very different expectations from this, which I think you're, I think thirties makes sense that they would be making very thirties feeling horror considering that I don't know if France really had much of a thirties, um, <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in a sense. Um, but yes, um, it's yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that we still talked about it though, because, uh, it's there's there is something very um eerie about a lot of the movie uh, on the i do want to circle back around to the dogs thing once more um i think that the dogs are again meant to tell us something about the huntress character like her 
like she she shows a lot of affection for those dogs and clearly has a very deep like love for them um and i think it's part of that whole predator thing of like a uh, feeling like somebody who can swap places and like the whole you know the strategy thing and like having like a pack of other predators around her but you it's fascinating because you see some of the dogs some of them are not like what i would consider hunting dogs some of them are like <laughs> they're they're very much coded as lap dogs by at least by modern society um so yeah i thought that was very interesting um anyway i mean, I mean uh, j- they just give a vibe right the the there's yeah. such an eeriness um i mean i guess yeah. there's the assumption maybe that he's been experimenting on dogs as well um yeah. which uh yeah. which you don't get to see but it's like okay why do you have so many dogs otherwise um yeah i think that's i think that's the idea i know when they when when she, when uh, she says oh you'll be safe here with all these dogs it's it's right. crazy <laughs> It, yeah, that that was the. Other thing. I wish the set dine design went a bit more weird. Like the dog cage, like that's the stuff I really liked. Is like the design of the dog cages was very like gothic, um, very like yeah, like you know, or or even romance era um, uh, novels feeling same vibe to me. Um, and that's the stuff that I really like. Like I, I kind of wanted a bit more uh, surrealism in the movie. Um, yeah, I think that's what it was. I think I was expecting it to be even more surreal than it is, considering the subject matter. Uh, I, I expected the design to be a little bit more surrealistic. Um, again, I'm just saying the things that I wanted the movie to be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, the thing with the house, also, it, it doesn't really have any structure that makes sense. You know what I mean? No. It's like, you, yeah. it's just a bunch of rooms and you don't really connect it, but they are, I guess. Um, yeah. Which is fine. I mean, that's not the point, but uh, uh, it it feels like when you're watching, I mean, it's a, not that much later, when you're watching, has a very uh, central structure that you understand, whereas this, you're kind of like, where, where is this in relation to this exactly? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. well, just fine. How far is the asylum? How far away is the asylum exactly? Um, yeah, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, not a great sense of space. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like a movie like this works a little better with more sense of space, but it's like hard to know like is it an actual it's probably they probably didn't shoot an actual house right or the oh, houses part maybe but then the like all the dungeons the exteriors and stuff and yeah like the dungeon sets, the get. dogs the yeah. garage is like a bit uh, more iffy um yeah. anyway i think i think that's it for for this week um yeah Good movie. I, I I feel like it's really worth watching. Um, but yeah, don't I don't have that much more to talk about. Um, let's do some quick plugs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, 
Blue Sky, Letterboxd, uh, my anime list. I don't know. <laughs> I'm at easier everywhere. <laughs> Goodreads. Um, <laughs> I think I have a good read somewhere. I don't think I've ever touched it. I don't read enough, unfortunately. Um, I'm also on Letterboxd. Come find me. Um, you know, talk to me about Italian horror movies that I may or may not have recently watched. Please go ahead. Um, uh, yeah, so do that. I am also on the Blue Sky. Um, so if 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 that's a thing that you want to do, go ahead. Feel free. Um, and other than that, uh, oh, Phantom Zone, of course, does exist. <laughs> you can go back and listen to the whole archive. Uh, as it exists now, and uh, look forward to new episodes when time allows us to all get together and record again. So, look forward to that. Uh, other than that, that's all I got. Bye. When Matt Damon comes and tells you to build a weapon that could destroy the world, just say no. <laughs> just say no. Just say no. Just it's easy as that. Just say no to Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very yeah that's a very easy choice eric it's matt damon (laughs) union hero union (laughs) teachers union hero um yeah i've been talking about it but i watched air and that's the most matt damon movie ever made (laughs) um okay bye bye